You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. The JSC has closed its doors for another day, so it's time for the five o'clock shadow. And as always on a Tuesday, it's the Doubleheader Dream Team edition. With me tonight is David Shapiro from Sassman Securities in Johannesburg. And also we have Viv Govender from Rand Swift. Rand Swift. Gentlemen, the, the, the market is sort of drifting inexorably towards what for some lucky people is a five-day weekend in South Africa. We've got the public holiday <laughs> on Thursday. <laughs> that means Friday is redundant. Then you've got the real weekend. Then you've got Workers' Day on Monday. Uh, so the market's obviously going to be quiet. And the market's also drifting towards nothing. Viv, can I start with you? The only thing that I saw this morning of any interest in Europe was the UBS results. They came out at around about 6.30, 6.45 European and African time. They were horrible, I thought. Yeah, look, I mean, uh, we are obviously waiting for earnings results. coming out. American banks have not done that badly, but the Europeans have, are in, I think, a, a tougher situation at the moment. It's it's uh, uh, it's kind of strange. They're, they're worse off when it comes to like you know the, the market. It's worse off as well in their economies. It's it's. Uh, uh, I don't know whether or not how much of that is to be explained by their independence on the Russians, or you know that kind of stuff. But yeah, they've they've not quite matched up to the uh, the U.S. kind of, uh, even though they are doing very well. But the U.S. strength, relative strength at the moment. Yeah, indeed, um, David. When it comes to South Africa, although it's a, a quiet week, uh, there's been some significant announcements today, namely from the Anglo-American. PLC stable. Uh, the parent company itself coming out with a trading update and sales report, I think. Uh, share price down nearly 3%. Anglo-American Platinum, same thing. Share price down 2.6%. And Kumba Iron Ore coming to the party, 2.3% weaker. I don't know if this mm. is general commodity malaise today because of the dollar that's around about half a percent stronger, or if it's specific to Anglos. I know you don't like production reports. You made that very clear the last time we chatted. <laughs> <laughs> it's because I don't understand them. Yeah. That's yeah, but you did, know, I never did you look at them? whether the figures are good or bad. Not really. Oh. But I, I, I have been following the whole uh, commodity complex. And um, I think yeah, things, things are under pressure generally. You know, we, we, we had that little bit of a run. And, I, and it's funny, I was, as I was going through some numbers now, um, I had a fairly busy morning, so I've been playing catch up in the last couple of hours. Yeah. But I just looked at the oil price, uh, Lindsay, and you know, to what you said uh, when the when the OPEC Plus started to reduce production, and you said, you know what, I'm going to go short. And if you look now, Brent just hovering on 80 and WTI well below uh, 80. So the markets come off quite dramatically. And I think broadly we saw a bit of a run in palladium. That's come up. The one that concerns me, I spoke about it yesterday, is, is iron ore, where uh, – it's it's heading towards a hundred, where you know which would affect most of the big producers, and that would be Kumba. That would be in terms of pricing, maybe not production, yes. but in terms of pricing, um, all the big you know Anglo's, Rio's, all of it. Uh, maybe not Rio's as much as uh, Bulletin, but I mean it's uh, it's big in their lives. So it's 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 looking a little not vulnerable but shaky at the moment. Yeah, it is. I mean, I'll give you the commodity complex uh, later on, but it's looking at my CRB commodity index screen now. It's red across the board. As David, I'll I'll, I'll just stay with you. With the one, the mm. one, and I'm hope I hope that uh, Viv can comment on it. Yes, has been lithium, and 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 why I say lithium as well is that just looking at the US now, I follow uh, uh, an ETF called Global X. Lithium and battery ETF. And the reason is it's got all the big battery and lithium producers in China. Okay. And that's been under pressure as well as Albemarle. 
which is the American uh, producer as well, which has come under, or it's listed in America, has come under severe pressure. I know that the lithium price is down, but that's also been a little bit of a, a weak area in the market as well. Yeah, look, with lithium, yeah, I mean, these guys are putting all these incredible, incredible, uh, you know, uh, demands on, on the complex, on, on the sort of material going forward. And, of course, you know, the, the price has gone up because of that initially. But as you, as you look at, at like, uh, uh, at, at what the actual, you know, demands would be like in, if we had to go for fully electric, et cetera, uh, it would be quite, uh, you know, dramatic. At the same time, you know, we have operations in places like China that are not doing quite as well as, as you would like. The Chinese economy is slowing down. That's also feeding into the uh, iron ore price. When iron ore demand from China is pretty much, you know, the iron ore demand in the world. You know, they take about half the world's uh, supply. Uh, and so the Chinese economy being weak, uh, I think is also feeding into, uh, into, into what's happening right now. A bit of over, you know, confidence at the start, uh, as well as, you know, some weakness in, in China is kind of like uh, what I bring down this uh, weakness to. David, you brought up lithium now, and I'm just looking at, um, at, 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 the, at the numbers here. Okay, today it's, uh, it's virtually untraded, no price movement. Weekly, it's down 5.5%, okay? Yeah. Uh, monthly, 34% weaker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Year on year, 63.5% down. Now, what is that? I thought it was supposed to be rare. I, th I think maybe there was a, uh, um, like everything, you know, there was a rush to get lithium. Uh, contracts were signed hastily in order to secure supply, and then suddenly you found, okay, demand is uh, uh, demand is coming off, as we've seen with poor old Mr. Um, Elon Musk, you know, who's had to start reducing the price of his cars. And I think even in China, demand for motor vehicles is flattening out. Um, I think it will pick up again as more and more motor manufacturers transform their production towards electric cars. But I mean, for the meantime, I think there might have been a rush. You know, typical uh, contracts signed at very, very high prices and find that uh, uh, maybe supply actually starts to catch up a bit. Look, there's there's still the rush for lithium. I mean, it's still pretty high price. And I know everybody's looking in Australia and I see in Chile and uh, um, South America as well, I think in Argentina. So it's not as though everybody's just going to pack up. It is going There is going to be increased supply. But I mean, for the meantime, those are big numbers for the prices to fall. I, t I tell you what, if you, if you just look at the list of all the commodities in that index that I mentioned earlier, I think you get a very good idea, actually, of what the world's economies are doing, where they're going. Worst performing this year, lumber, down 64%. I no, mean, lumber is used no. for home building still, isn't it? Uh, Viv, are you yeah. a home builder? Uh, David, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. But remember, lumber had that crazy, that crazy spike uh, about a year or so ago. Mm. And, and and that kind of uh, the, the, the part of that 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 pushback is because uh, lumber prices kind of returning more to normality. But there was a point at which lumber prices are just going insanely high. Uh, so I, I think that uh, if you had to look at, for instance, where we were back in say 2020, uh, 30, 300 something USD, it's about up 50 percent in the last basically uh, say three years or so. The problem is that if you look to where it was in like you know say uh, 2001 or 2002, we had down about 50% from the highs, uh, you know, because, or not 50%, we, we down more than 50% from the highs. We down about, uh, was it probably about 80, 
70 uh, percent of the highs. That's a huge pullback because you know just because that spike uh, after COVID uh, went crazy, maybe mm-hmm. because people were wanting to rebuild their houses because they were stuck in there for a few months. They thought, hey, this place is you know too shabby. We uh, scrape it up, and then when they went back to the market to buy lumber, the uh, malls and stuff are still closed because of all the disruption from COVID. Maybe that was a spike, but yeah, I think this this pullback is pretty much still a a a, uh, a reasonable price comparing to where we were pre, uh, like, say, 2020. You know, it's not too far away from those levels. Well, I'll tell you what, if uh, inflation doesn't start to come down quite sharply now, looking at these prices that are flashing on my screen, I, I don't know what's going to help them help bring it down. Just want a, a, quick, a quick quiz for both of you uh, before I get off my favourite subject, which is commodities. How much have potato prices changed year on year? Viv, over to you. <laughs> Potatoes, please, Viv. International- I, I was just thinking higher. Because it, we in South Africa, I mean, the last inflation number, what was it, a 40% increase in uh, uh, us, uh, food prices? I think, uh, like, you know, starches were higher than that. Yes. So, yeah, I, w- I would suspect, you know, 20% or so uh, probably coming through. Year on year, 71, year on year 71% 70. higher. Uh, David uh, Cotton, you like 71. to buy, buy lovely no cotton idea. clothes. No, no idea. Okay, down 45%. And finally, orange juice doing well. Probably some horrible crop in uh, Florida, which is usually the driver for frozen concentrated orange juice. 66% up. Quite incredible what's going on. Inflation's got to come down. Base yeah. metals all yeah. fallen in a heap over the last mm. year. Right, um, David, let's go yeah. stay with you on a couple of other things from the JSE. Quilter trading update, share price down around about 3%. Hammerson trading update as well, up, up around about 1.5%. You know both of these companies, of course. Yeah, Quilter's uh, been a big disappointment. I mean, it, it, it was uh, came out of the Anglo-American stable. Uh, sorry, uh, old oh, mutual. mutual stable. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. And, and really has not, if anything, has been, losing, uh, has been losing assets. It hasn't made any kind of headway, been very disappointing. So um, I'm not, um, it, it's not one that I, I follow. I watch it. I just look at the results. But, uh, um, I, you know, I, for me, it's, it's a difficult area of the market. It's a very, very, very difficult uh, area of the market. I don't know with uh, with with Hammerson. They've been all over the place. They they talk very bullish about where they are, and um, and the share price. I I can't even you know goes up and down all over. I think it's picked off its low. But I've got no strong views on this. Property will only start to be attractive when we start to see the end of rate hikes and and uh, you know the, the the likes of that. I can't see it turning around yet you know i still prefer to remain on the outside unless you're going to get a very very attractive yield but for, for me it's um it's a no-no at this stage it doesn't mean i i, I ignore it you know i just i just think it's uh there's it, it it's it's very difficult in this kind of area where rates are still going out especially uh in the uk and in the uh, in europe yeah. Um, it has to impact on those companies. Viv, can you ever see yourself uh, waking up in the morning and saying, I'm quite excited about Quilter. Can you ever see yourself doing this? <laughs> no. Do you know, uh, I, I, honestly, I'm not Quilter. I'm even less excited about property, as David mentioned. But, I, but, but even when interest has come down, I mean, if you look at Quilter, much of the fall happened before the rate hiking cycle. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the, and I think the, what's happened right now is that we had a situation where, you know, people just got crazy with regards to property. Property's been mad for a little while. And I think that, you know, it's 
not just returning to normal, it's returning to below normal because, uh, you know, the, the fact is demographics, populations are, you know, uh, working age populations are increasing, uh, you know, or decreasing, sorry, over time. Uh, we are seeing, you know, like David mentioned, the high interest rate environment, which I don't think will go away entirely. And we are seeing the work from home phenomena really taking off in a different way. Uh, so, yeah, property is not for me. Quilter, you know, I, I have this whole, like, you know, brilliant AI, and I have this theory about what the uh, financial uh, mm. uh, sector looks like in five to ten years' time, and it looks incredibly different from where we are right now. In five to ten years' time, the way this, this whole system works that we live in, and uh, me and David work in, yeah, and you get the point on, is it look very different. And I'm not sure I want to be investing in a stock uh, during that time. You know yeah. what I, mean? Viv, I, I was actually listening to Bloomberg's today. There was a fellow on, the, on you know, guest by the name of Charles uh, Cantor. Charles, he's got yeah. a South African accent. He almost sounds a bit like Sol Kersner used to. Yeah, you know, I he's got, you know from Newburgh, uh, Berman. And I, yeah. I've always liked him. He's a hedge fund man. But he's one of these chaps who's always caught my attention, and I enjoy listening to him. And today, you know, because, I mean, most of the commentators are fairly or uh, anchors are fairly negative, and and uh, he, he was talking about Microsoft, and he made a comment which made me perk up in which he said – he says, you know, yes, we got the, the results are going to be soft now. He says, but you have to look through them. He says their view is that uh, Microsoft will, through because of AI and the increased traffic, I assume that's going to go there using their AI tools. He says they could increase their bottom line by 20% per annum, mm. you know, up to 2030. He was making, you know, that was his view. I'm not my view. I said, well, that's interesting. It's the first time I've heard anybody put a number. To AI, he he was looking at Google, and he I, I couldn't quite catch what he was saying about Google, but not as enthusiastic, but certainly not negative. You know, not they'll catch up, and they've got to do a few more things, and they've been affected by by other things. But this was the first time that anybody has come out and said, "Look, this is our this is our view. This is what we do." Twenty percent on Microsoft. So you know, obviously, uh, we got the results out today. And it would be soft. There's, there's no expectations there. But but uh, very interested in, 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 in the numbers that he's put against Microsoft. Yeah, I mean, I, I would think it might even be more than that, quite frankly. Yeah. Uh, look, Google, Google's behind because Google basically, I mean, we talk about chat GPT, but have you guys heard about something called AlphaFold? Okay. AlphaFold, yeah. Google made this about a year ago, right? Uh, it, it, it doesn't have the same, like, you know, cachet with the general public. But it's basically what they did was they solved what's called protein folding, hugely important for things like developing drugs and medicines and whatnot. Because now that you know how a protein looks like, when it folds into, like, what shape it is, you can design drugs to put in those shapes. And it's a, it's a big advancement. And it just pretty much made it and gave it away for free. Google was the, basically the fat cat sitting around with all this, like, power and had no yeah. threat to its uh, Business model, and so it's giving stuff away for free, hiding stuff away, not really pushing things, focusing its AI on uh, on games and charitable stuff yeah. and so on. Now that they've got real competition from Microsoft, what we're going to see is an AI arms race. Uh, Google has a lot of uh, you know stuff in its uh, back pocket. It's it's it, its technology is what OpenAI built its system on the transformers and so on. Um, and so I think Google and Microsoft are really like poised to be like yeah. incredibly mm -hmm. powerful going forward. Mm -hmm. And I would suspect you know uh, if you are looking for like even though these are trillion dollar companies basically, uh, don't be surprised. In, by 2030, they could be worth 10 times plus yeah. more than they are right now. Oh, nice. and yeah, that's, that's huge growth for a trillion yeah. dollar company. Yeah, oh, that's wonderful. Yeah, I, I, I think you're right. I mean, I, I'm not, I, that's why I'm very reluctant to 
to get out of those stocks or even ease down on them. And uh, even though the short term, there might be a little bit of pressure on on their web services and, I mean, cloud services and various other elements of their business. But I think that outside of that, um, I'm, I'm agreeing. You know, I've just been reading a lot. I don't understand the technical side of AI, but I can see that it's going to start attracting a lot more traffic, a lot more users, as you've mentioned. Uh, the financial industry, yeah. any industry, any the consulting industry, all of these industries. Oh. Yeah, I mean, for the first time ever, I, I have a friend that's in, like, you know, he's IT geeks here. I did never, ever use, you know, Google, uh, sort of Microsoft's uh, browser. No. Okay. It, it's, it's not even like a thing you do. But now that they've included the AI system with the browser for free, like big, no. I've never used big much since it first came out. I used it for the first couple of months, and then I said, now Google is better. It's horrible. But I've been using big more. Yeah. No, but now it has access to the AI. Go mm. to Big Create and, and, and play around. It's amazing what you could do. It, it gives you that a free <laughs> drawing program, and you could basically make your pictures. It's it's incredibly fascinating. It'll be what's and, it called? Bing uh, Create. B i n g. That's the search yeah. engine. And oh, now Bing Create. Yeah. Okay, yeah. got it. Yeah. Yeah, and, 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 yeah, and you could go draw stuff. You could, uh, it, 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 Microsoft is integrating all the stuff into its systems much faster than you think. And can you imagine this? Okay, let's just say, uh, which email do you guys use? Maybe Gmail or something, right? Mm -hmm. But let's just say you, you have to go and do something, like you have a conversation with somebody over time. And you want to go and find out, like, you know, what did this guy actually say back then? You want to go to the whole email chain and find out. If you had AI integrated to that, you could just say, hey, chat GPT, what did he say about this back in the day? <laughs> and, you, and you can pull up the email. And it'll, it'll give you the breakdown. You have to go searching, go nothing. It'll automatically find the answer and give you the email to basically look off that. Can you imagine what that, that would do for, for your life? I mean, the amount of times sure. I had to go back five years in emails to find something that some guy had said to me back in the past. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, and that's the kind of stuff here. Yeah. And with spreadsheets, trust me, as somebody that hates spreadsheets, AI and yeah. spreadsheets are like a match made in heaven. So yeah, Microsoft will <laughs> have a huge advantage <laughs> with, with offers and so And once you get into the ecosystem, uh, Microsoft's business model Droply is this. It basically does everything for free and then charges you for it later on with the subscription. Mm. They'll put everything for free right now. And two years later, the subscription goes up by 20%. And you think to yourself, I can't leave it because my life mm. depends on everything mm. Microsoft mm. does. It's going to be massively profitable for them, I think. Gosh. Yeah. And as I said uh, the last time we spoke, it's going to change almost daily. The number of companies coming in, joining. I know Snapchat has got a chat GPT style uh, offering now. As, uh, so everyone's going to be into it. Okay, let's have a look at the markets. The dollar's 1.1% st uh, stronger against the rand. So the rand has fallen to 18.38. The British pound against the rand is 22.80. Pound half a percent up. Euro half a percent up as well. That exchange rate now, oh my, 2019. Euro dollar 109.85. The euro has fallen two thirds of a percent. British pound 124 and a bit, uh, which uh, is a 0.6% fall for the round. Okay, commodities. Gold price 1987 down two. Platinum down 30 to 10.98. And palladium down 40 to $14.82 an ounce. David was mentioning oil earlier on, and I will confirm that he's correct. $76.89 for West Texas, which is 2.4% down. 2.5% in the red is Brent crude oil, $80.67. And that was $85.86 in the days after the OPEC Plus announcement. And the fictitious Williams hedge fund went heavily short and has made 8% so far. Let's have a look at the other ones now that you might be interested in. Everything's down. Silver down 2%, copper down 3%, mm. soybeans and, and wheat getting hit. Surprising that wheat is down 2 and a third percent 
iron ore that hasn't changed on my screen for ages. Steel prices down one and a half percent. What have you got for iron ore, David? You said it was approaching a hundred. I've got no I, update. You know here. what? We don't get. I I get the spot price, and it doesn't seem to change at one hundred and sixteen. Yeah. But whenever I look at the futures price, which I can't access, but I do get it on you know watching Bloomberg's or thereabouts. It seems to be hovering around about the 105 level. So, and you know, it's not quoted in America. It's Singapore and in China. China That's yes. where they have those markets. So it's very difficult. I just have to go with the comments. But I mean, you can see it in the price of, of the tra- not only the traders, but the producers come under a lot of pressure because of that. So it is a weakening. There is a weakening bias there. Okay, moving on to capital markets now. The South African 10-year is yielding 10.20%. The US 10-year has been very, very quiet until in the last couple of hours, uh, the yield has fallen by 10 points to 3.41%. S&P 500 futures, yeah, yeah, drifting for nothing, nothing to to, to worry about. It's two-thirds of a percent weaker, 41.34, but don't forget, it's still very much range-bound. I noticed Standard Chartered came out with, I think, is an irresponsible prediction that Bitcoin will be 100,000 by the end of 2024. Why? If you look back to their forecast in 2021, you'll see that they said it was going to 100,000 then as well. So why don't they keep their mouths shut? 27,389 at the moment, which is barely changed for Bitcoin. Um, what else have we got? David, what were your um, stocks to watch today? You know what's worrying me a little bit? Uh, with with the industrial, oh, sorry, with the miners down, if you look at the charts of Billiton, you look at the charts of Anglo's and that, they're looking quite precarious. You know, when you get those double tops or those, what do you call them, almost tombstones or head and shoulders, whichever way you want to do it. We're on the neckline of so many, so many of these uh, companies, you know, which is pointing towards, we need something to to get the, you know, the world economy going. But if you look at Anglo's and you look at both Billiton's charts, and this is in Rand, so I don't know what it looks like in dollars and that, very, very vulnerable. Um, so it's for me, it's a little bit of concern, but I had a whole lot of local stocks as well yesterday that scared me, you know, which includes the JSE itself, mm. um, Coronation, Tungela, Purple, Renogen, you name them. Capitec. I've been looking for bottom. Capitec. Oh, Capitec's the one that really oh. concerns me, yeah. Cecil, Lewis, um, Cap, all of those. So I, I think, uh, you know, something has to happen on the positive side. But if you look at the charts, things look very, you know, a bit precarious. Do you concur with uh, David's comments? Stock, uh, Viv, do you, do you think that the South African stocks, if you look at a graph, it's almost as though they're, they're sort of almost starting to roll over, if you like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Look, I mean, with regards to the the uh, the capitex situation, I think it's a it's it's one of those things you look at just to get an idea as to you know the southern segment of the South African population and the situation they're in right now. The impairment rise shocking. You know what I mean? Mm. Uh, the, the, the the real difficulty people are feeling at the moment terrible, and that's obviously going to be felt through the entire consumer sector. Uh, the thing is, at this point in time, while the South African economy is weak and we should be benefiting from the weaker currency, uh, I mean, we talked about the Kuma numbers uh, came out. I think we were about fourteen percent production. Uh, I think everything up was up for Anglo except for Platinum. Platinum was down and they blamed that on a smelter issue. Uh, but yeah, at the same time, when we should be benefiting from basically a weaker currency and that normally would kind of buoy us up with the mining side. We have a situation in China right now that's, you know, a bit precarious. That economy, I think, is is, is kind of like, you know, at a crossroads. Do they basically go the whole, you know, isolate from the West, uh, you know, Russia route? Uh, it may not entirely be up to them because what the U.S. is doing to them with regards to chips. 
Uh, or are they going to be much more like, you know, yeah, we, we grew fast, but we're not quite as big as we thought we were. Let us be quite for another couple of decades kind of situation. In which case, you <laughs> might find... <laughs> 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 I think the problem was they made too much noise too early. They weren't quite at the point where they shouldn't be talking as, as roughly as they were, you know what I mean? And they kept with the kind of like, you know, the quiet kind of diplomacy that they had done for the last couple of decades, for another decade or two. By that time, they had a 50% larger economy than the U.S. Then they could start pushing their weight around, you know what I mean? But right now, I don't think they were in the situation. I think that's kind of like uh, uh, hurting them as well because, you know, that, that economy is quite precarious. A number of different factors there, the property market, the, uh, you know, the, 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 the government interference in the, in, the, in the private sector, et cetera. So that's also hurting us in South Africa. So, yeah, South Africa stocks, I don't see a positive aspect to any aspect of the, the country at the moment, you know, either internally or export-wise. Gentlemen, uh, my stocks um, look like this. Uh, Quilter up three and a half percent. That's the leader of the board. Uh, Alpha Min up two and a bit percent. Hammerson up two percent. Clicks up one point nine percent. British American Tobacco was a one and three quarters percent gainer today. On the downside, mainly diggers. African Rainbow Minerals down three and a half. Implats down three and a quarter. Carew comes in with a three point two percent loss. Glencore three point one percent in the red. Yeah. Anglo American Platinum down two point six percent. David, you're wheezing in the background. What was that? I, you know, you know, the one stock, and 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 I love to hear Viv's opinion because it's nice to get different ones. You know, it came with such fanfare, Carew. It's been listed on the market for I don't know. It went onto Nasdaq and it came through. What was it? Uh, it was the car, car, whatever it was. Yeah. Yeah, and it, uh, and it changed its name. And it's been there's been so much fanfare about how brilliant this company is, and I watch it every day and it goes nowhere. It's gone nowhere for a year and a half. You know, I'm saying, okay. You know, and every time the results are great, you get chaps like Chris Logan down in Cape Town who loves the business, and I'm not criticizing Chris. I'm merely, you know, uh, saying, you know, uh, um, paraphrasing what he says about it. And yet this is a share that's gone nowhere. Absolutely nowhere. What was it called? Car track. Car track, or? yeah. And it had, um, if, you, if you go down yeah. Jan Smuts just before you get to Bolton Avenue, it used to have a fairly shabby looking office on the on the first floor of a fairly yeah. shabby looking building. And you thought, this is listing? I can't believe this. But it did well to start with, didn't it? It did, it's, yeah, it's car track and it, it expanded yeah. nationally. Is that the case, David? Yeah, it is. No, well, they listed on, uh, they've gone into Singapore, but they listed on NASDAQ. Yeah. And if I look at a chart, you know, I'm going, they were, they, in 2021, they listed somewhere in May, so it's almost two years. They were, they were, they came on at about 62 rand, or, or 620 rand now, and they're just hovering around about 40, you know. And it's just been a downwards, not slide, but just uh, you know, wheezing its way downwards. And I said, okay, so when's this going to change? You know, when are things going to happen? Mm. So I don't know. Anyway. All right. So, yeah, I mean, it's towards something which I don't know. It's pointing towards something, but I don't know what it's pointing towards. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, look, I mean, it, it's a combination of of, of two, uh, like a kind of trend. Yeah, one trend is positive, which basically it's one of those things that relies on the failing South African state, which at the pro at the moment is a is a one way bet. You know what I mean? Uh, if, if, you, if you're betting on solar, you're betting on, you know, private schooling, you're betting on anything that, that kind of assumes the state's not going to be doing its job, is that Africa is going well. But the problem is that, you know, we are talking about a situation in which, uh, you know, this is a, an economy that's under pressure. I, look, I looked at the, the last of the results and stuff coming out here. I mean, they, they've done, 
recently our revenue was up, you know, subscribers were up, etc., etc. Uh, but I, but the I do think that the expansion was going to be in Singapore. You know, that was the yeah, whole yeah, headquarters Singapore. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Well, let's see. <laughs> yeah. But also, the, the, some of the stuff I, I do think when you do go to these merge these developed markets, they were totally different kind of aspect to us. I mean, you, you compare like you know, uh, like the West, like in the in the US, uh, like these guys that that steal cars there, the Kias and whatnot. Uh, there's this whole Kia kind of outrage right now where the guys apparently know how to steal a Kia with a USB chip or something. Uh, <laughs> and they're not stealing it for the value of the car. They're stealing it because they're a bunch of dumb kids who want to go out a joyride. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's a different model than Africa's. <laughs> and in that case, I'm not sure you, I'm not sure you, you want your car back at the end of the day because after those kids have had the, their fun with the car, you'd rather just get paid out your insurance and like, you know, move on. Uh, mm. Yeah, I, I think it's a very different model. In South Africa, it's much more like a... a, a I can say a, a business. You steal a car for the value. Many parts of the world, yeah, you don't steal the car for the value. You steal the car just for the the the, the, the fun of seeing the car. There's no kind of like you know organized car theft kind of you know, issue like we have in South Africa. So it's a different model, I think, and I'm not sure how it applies to other parts of the world as easily. Police Commissioner Viv Govender with his uh, social commentary on on, on, on car theft. Um, <laughs> David, please give us. This. Actually, yeah, go on. I was just say, do you know how bad it is in America? They actually, the American cities are suing Kia and I think Hyundai for being too easy to steal. Not that they, I'm not joking. They're suing them because their people are stealing cars. And so they say, no, it's your fault because your cars are too easy to steal. <laughs> God. What a world. <laughs> David, give us the closing in the season yeah. and value traded, please. Yeah, well, um, again, it was another low day, but the all share index ended down 0.29 of a percent, 77891, with commodities, I think, taking most of the punishment. The resource, the broader resource index was down 1.5%. Uh, and there wasn't much else. I think just uh, on the industrials was up point. Three eight of a percent, with the consumer side, you know, consumers up a little bit. I think, um, where is it? I'm looking for uh, um, pick and pay. Where? Uh, sorry, I lost my way in this one. I think it was Richmond. That was uh, that was what I was looking up. That was up 0.94, and ABN Bev and British American Tobacco, all of those. So that lifted that side of the market. Financials pretty flat. Nothing really happening there. As you mentioned, not a not a great day. Not many features. Okay, and value traded. And value traded yeah. was below twenty again. This worries me immensely. Hmm. Uh, we'll talk. It's probably about nineteen billion with Naspers, you know, Naspers, and the gold shares still in the in in demand. Goldfields, Anglo's, Richmond up there, Glencore, Anglo's. Those are the big traders. But I mean, under twenty billion is is very very low trade. I'm just having a look now at that uh, stock that you alerted Viv and myself to, uh, Copper Three Hundred and Sixty. I think it's closed yeah. day at twelve rand fifty. So it uh-huh. went from six to twenty down to ten. So it's up. Um, well, it's up twenty five percent. Twenty five percent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, know. I, I I always get concerned about it. You know, because uh, everybody it, it becomes a hot stock. Everybody wants it. It has a market capitalization now of seven point eight billion, nine billion, which to put it in context is bigger than the JSE. You know, mm. bigger than the JC's market cap. So, you know, bigger than famous brands, bigger than uh, a lot of a lot of businesses. And I don't know at the moment. It's um, I think it's all based on its prospects of of mining copper in the Karoo, or sorry, in the Northern Cape. Apologies. Yeah. So I don't know. Okay. Anyway, well, well, good we, luck. I'm not. I, uh-huh. I like a good story, but I always get worried about 
you know, uh, sometimes investors can just lose their heads. It'll calm down. Don't <laughs> worry about that. Gentlemen, thank you very much for your time again this evening. Viv Govender is from Rand Swiss. Viv, have a wonderful long weekend if you're having one. David Shapiro, the same. And David, very good luck tomorrow night. The views and opinions expressed in these podcasts are those of Lindsay Williams and various contributors and do not reflect the policy, position or opinion of any other agency, organisation, employer or company associated with strictlybusinesspodcast.com. Assumptions made on the analyses are not reflective of the position of any other entity other than the speaker or the author. And since we are critically thinking human beings, these views are always subject to change, revision and rethinking at any time. Please do not hold us to them in perpetuity.